Future Proof Extra from News Talk. Cells are one of the fundamental building blocks of life. Yet, since their discovery in the 17th century, our knowledge of them remains somewhat limited. But recent technological advances have enabled us to more deeply investigate the inner workings of cells and scientists are now embarking on one of the most ambitious efforts in the history of biology, the Human Cell Atlas Project. Dr. Kristen Meyer, Principal Staff Scientist at Wellcome Sanger Institute, joins me now. Dr. Meyer, thank you very much for being on the show. Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to, well, nice to virtually meet you. Um, <laughs> what exactly is, what is the Human Cell Atlas? So the Human Cell Atlas is a very large international collaboration uh, that has as its core aim to define all the different cell types of the human body so that we can understand how they function in the normal human body and that we also understand how they change when uh, there is disease or other processes such as ageing. And what kind of scale is this? How big an undertaking is this? It's actually huge. So uh, just to give you a sense, the human body actually consists of as many as 37 trillion cells. So to understand the characteristics and behavior of all of these is really quite a massive effort. And for this reason, we've actually formed a very large international collaboration. And there are scientists from North America, from Europe, from all over the world who are involved with it. And actually, we have um, scientists from over 55 countries who contribute to this. So it's massive. And is this on a similar scale to the Human Genome Project? Yes, in many ways it is. Um, much as the human, gen, uh, cell, the human Genome Project delivered a map of all the human genes, we're trying to deliver a map of all the different cell types that we can have. And I mean, uh, one analogy we, like, we often try to use to visualize this is really to say we're trying to build a Google Maps of the human body. So that on the very gross level, you might be able to see countries that are equivalent to organs. And then you can start to zoom in and go all the way down to the single cell level, which would be the equivalent maybe of a street view of a Google Maps. So you want to, that's a really great analogy. I mean, I think that really sums it up. You want to look in depth at the human biology. You want to look at these cells and then I assume catalogue the different types. This is what you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. And um, you started your piece by saying that over history, scientists have looked at cells for a very long time, but primarily with microscopes. Whereas now we actually have molecular techniques that allow us to characterize things really down to individual molecules and we can define cells in a much more precise way. And so not only can we uh, start to see how cells group together, but we can also see which cell types sit next to each other and how they interact. And again, that tells us a lot about their function. This is the kind of science that I really enjoy. I really love hearing about these building blocks of science because we need to know how these things work in order to do anything. Like the, You know, we need this kind of map, like you say, to know what we're looking at. And there has been some progress in identifying specific cells and how they are linked to cystic fibrosis, I think. And Ireland has a very high rate of cystic fibrosis. So this is something that, that we would be interested in. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So... 
both groups in America as well as our own groups have started to generate this human cell atlas for the lung. Um, and it turns out that there are a number of epithelial cells that all look very, very similar. But when you then look at the molecular characteristic, we've actually just found an entirely new cell type. And we've called this the ionocyte. And the ionocyte expresses at very high levels a gene called CFTR, which is actually the gene that is mutated in cystic fibrosis. But not only that, uh, by having this map, we can also find some of the regulators that make these cells grow. So I think it's very easy then to see how this could be translated into clinical benefit relatively quickly, because if we find ways of uh, making more of these cells or improving their function, that potentially could lead to therapies relatively quickly. That's that's just amazing that, you know, you're talking about a quick time scale, because I think in science we often talk about really long time scales. You know, and I think often that's because we don't really know, we don't have this map, like you say, and we're not entirely sure how things work to stop them happening in the first place. Is there any really interesting thing you found out so far? Anything that you love to kind of discuss with people? Well, um, actually, this is not so much a very large insight, but it's something that I personally have found really quite exciting. So, you know, as human bodies, we, you know, we start as children and then we grow up and then we're adult with 20 and then we really stay the same for the next 40 years or so. But when we start to look at individual organs and the cells, you not only get a sense of the different cell types, but you also get a picture of how a cell develops. So you see that some cells are in the stages of dividing and then they undergo choices into what kind of cell types they mature into and eventually you see characteristics of cell dying. So really it's not just an organ but it's an incredibly dynamic system of cells being newly formed, making choices, interacting with their neighbors and it's it is such an incredibly dynamic system and it's really changed the way I perceive my own body. Oh, that's fascinating. So because you're you're so you're looking at it the way that you're looking at it, you're learning more even about yourself and how you I guess how you think about your body as it is. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's fascinating. So what's next for this? I assume this is going to take an incredibly long time to complete. Yes, of course. Um, when we, when I said the uh, body consists of 37 trillion cells, we're not actually aiming to uh, profile every single one of those because, of course, many cell types are very similar between different organs. So we're trying to um, identify large groups, but then large groups of cells and how they're similar, but then also maybe how particular cells uh, are different between organs. So take the immune cells, for example. Um, many of you will have heard of B cells, for example, which is the cells that make antibodies, so fight infection. And of course, most people will realize that they circulate in the bloodstream, but actually they can be found in every organ we have analyzed so far. And so some of the questions we can ask, for example, how do B cells differ uh, in the kidney and in the liver? And can we start to understand the signals that tell a B cell to go from the bloodstream into those different organs and how have they adapted to their environment. So, and we can really then start to define that all at the molecular level. Um, but to come back to your question, um, you know, of the, the time scale, I think um, we believe that it's probably realistic to profile maybe as many as 
up to 100 million cells, let's say within the next five years or so. 100 million cells in the next five years. And that, I assume, is, well, you talked about the fact that it's scientists all over the world, but also because of the great technological advances that we have. Yes, and technology has made all the difference, and that's why we can do the human cell atlas now. So we have this fantastic new technology that has made all of this possible, and it's called single-cell genomics. And what has that really has allowed us to do is to ask in an individual cell which of the genes are switched on. So, of course, um, in the different organs in the body, the genetic information the cells contain is always the same. But cells differ because they read or access different instructions from the genome. And it's those instructions or genes that that we can now profile at that singular cell level. And and that's really made all the difference. This is just fascinating because I I like that we're keeping up with technology. I love that about science. We go back and we look at things. We don't assume we know everything. Every time there's a technological advance, we go back and we see what more we can learn. And I, I just I think that's brilliant. I think what you're doing is excellent. Dr. Meyer, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me and kind of demystifying a bit of what the Human Cell Atlas project is. Thank you very much. Thank you.